Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Happy Friday, everybody. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Well, we got uh, the men's team uh, taking on Virginia Tech. Big win last night at the JMA. And I mean big. Holy moly, where'd that come from? Syracuse women's basketball just dropping the hammer on Virginia. On the call right here on ESPN Syracuse, the voice you are going to hear next. Uh, Maybe you heard him... uh, on the Lockdown Syracuse podcast, but now he's calling Syracuse women's basketball for us, and a pleasure to have him on board once again here on the block ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tim Leonard with us here. Tim, how you doing, bud? Good to be with you, Brent. What an intro. The only thing I was missing was a little boss out of the break. I was looking forward to some Bruce Springsteen, but maybe next break he'll give it to me. See, now I'm going back to my radio DJ days. You're making requests here. This is good. I like this. You know, <laughs> open line Friday. All right. So next time we have you on, you get a little Bruce. How about that? All right. This time, this you know, the computer picks everything. So uh, we'll we'll make sure we'll line up. You could even you could even text me what song you want when when you get wow. intro next time. So think about it for next time, and and we'll line that up for you. Just for you, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll be like Bayheim walking out before the game. I'll get you <laughs> my my pick. <laughs> there you have it. Fantastic. We'll have to do video next time so we can see you like walking into the interview with your intro. It'll, <laughs> it'll be great. Tim, wow, what a what a performance last night. I was talking to Coach Jack earlier this week, and as you know, you've been calling the games. They had lost a few in a row. They had scored in the fifties, and there were some good teams that they played in there, and then uh, let's drop 90 on somebody. Uh, Certainly one player uh, fed into that with a lot of points, but it takes more than one to get to 90. Tell me about that offensive outburst last night. Yeah, it kind of came out of the blue. You're right. I mean, three straight games, you're in the 50s, and that's rare for them throughout the season. Only four times total all year did they fail to reach 60-point scoring, but it was three straight games. You're on a a three-game losing streak, and You know, they've actually kind of struggled to shoot the three at home this season compared to on the road. And Coach Jack, I think, has been pretty open about kind of being a little bit more proactive of getting some practices in the dome to try to work out maybe it's a sight line issue, maybe the team's not fully used to it. And for whatever reason, they've been shooting the basketball better on the road. They scored 90 points the last time they did it was at Clemson, and that was a game where they hit a lot of threes. But last night they made a season-high 12 threes and were – Really efficient from beyond the arc, and of course, yeah, DeAsia Fair. When you have eight threes from one player, that certainly helps out. But it was kind of like they were due for a bounce-back offensive performance. Felt like, just for whatever reason, the shots weren't falling the last couple games, and they did a great job sharing the basketball last night. 19 assists is one of their better outputs in terms of assists on the season as well. With DeAsia and the game she had last night, it almost feels like one of those games, like, you know Gerard's going to score a bunch, but when he gets really hot from three-point range. That's when you're seeing 28 or above 30. So you mentioned she's hitting from three-point range. How did she uh, just get a few more there than usual from the three-point line? I'm amazed by this, Tim, because, look, you play Syracuse. Like, she's number one on on the scouting report. So for someone to get that open 
and to hit that many shots and drop 36. It just speaks to what kind of talent she is. But tell me what you saw from her game specifically last night. Yeah, and what makes it even more amazing is I was kind of hearing some hints before the game that she wasn't feeling well. So Coach Jack kind of joked after the game that it was kind of like an MJ flu game type of vibe. So uh, she was saying something to the effect of, you know, if that's her sickness, if it's going to produce that, then I'm fine with her being sick all the way until an NCAA tournament run maybe for them. But she was great. I think the statistics that gets kind of lost because your eyeballs go right to 36 points, and how did you do that? But she played 36 minutes last night, not one turnover in the entire game. And, you know, she's a ball-dominant guard. She's obviously got the ball in her hands a lot. So she's been very steady throughout the season in terms of ball security, but that's one of the better performances on the season when you combine just what she did all around. You know, you score 36 points, but it was a very efficient 36 points, 8 for 11 from three-point range. You do a lot of it in the fourth quarter when the team really needed it. She scored 17 alone in the fourth quarter. And the zero turnovers plus five rebounds, five assists, three steals. She's top five in the ACC in steals per game, too. So there's a lot of things that you can say about just the all-around game that she put on display last night. Tim, it really feels like with the numbers she's putting up here and the numbers she put up at Buffalo, I mean, we're going to be watching her in the WNBA. Tell me I'm wrong there. It feels like she's on that track at this point. No, I I think you're right. I I don't know if it's a first-round pick type of deal. I mean, she's 5'5", so obviously I think when you're doing the scouting report, that jumps out as something that she's going to have to prove some doubters wrong in that regard. But, I mean, there were question marks. Okay, you scored 23.5 points per game at Buffalo. How well is it going to translate to AC play? And actually, Brian, I feel like she's been even better in the ACC portion of the schedule. She's been more efficient for sure. She was kind of struggling for her standards in the three games leading up to the game last night. But when I say that, I mean, she still scored in double figures in every single game. It's a consistent output each and every night. She's taking care of the basketball. She's doing the right read. She's making the right plays in terms of passing and and kind of the quarterback of the offense. I mean, she's the one that came over from Buffalo and ran the offense last year and now just sort of incorporating that at Syracuse. And I think she's answered every question of, okay, well, you scored at Buffalo, but can you do it at Syracuse? We've certainly seen that. She's playing at an All-American type of level. How would you correlate what she does for her team versus, say, what Judah Mintz does for the men's team? Well, I think, you know, Judah, and I think they're very similar because they're quick off the dribble and sort of initiating the offense. But she's definitely a little bit more off ball than Judah and what she's doing. And, and there's been definitely some learning curve there of trying to figure out what is the best point guard for the Syracuse women's team throughout the season because Fair is bringing the ball up a good chunk of the time. She's running the offense a good portion of the game. But Tisha Hyman didn't play kind of her normal minutes last night. And, failed to score. She's been running the point a lot, and she's had some games where it feels like she's really mastered that role, where she's had seven, eight assists in games. There's been other games where she hasn't really gotten into a flow of being the point guard, and she's kind of like Joe Girard was back when he was starting out at Syracuse. I feel like there's some correlation there between Tisha and Joe, because Tisha has been that score-first type of option. Now this season, De'Asia Fair comes over, Coach Jack, new system, And she's kind of asked to be a pass-first type of point guard a little bit more than she has been. So she's kind of trying to figure out that balancing act. Elena Rice has been running the point a little bit, and we saw more of that last night when she had seven assists in the game. So that was a season high in points and assists for Elena last night. So I 
think they're still kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to sort of put the puzzle pieces together on offense, but it felt like they certainly did it last night. Tim Leonard joining us here. You hear him call the Syracuse women's basketball games right here on ESPN Syracuse. Big win for the Orange over Virginia last night. Tim, I've enjoyed uh, hearing and reading some stories about uh, Dariana Lewis and how dedicated she is to rebounding. She's like flat out a huge fan of Dennis Rodman and that's the guy or, you know, whoever, a guy, gal, whatever the case may be, if you're going to model somebody in the rebounding realm, he's at the top of the list for sure. And it's a mentality, right? Reba, half the mm-hmm. battle with rebounding is it's a want to, it's a will, it's it's a it's you've just got to really want to get in there and do it. And it feels like game after game, she's she's out there to do that. How does that dynamic really help this team and kind of balancing out a lot of guards on the roster, but somebody that's willing to get in there and, and dig in and grab some rebounds? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone so committed to one aspect of the game and, and such a pro in that regard. I mean, she is always after the ball, especially on the defensive glass. You know, offensive rebound numbers for her are still impressive, but she's averaging about nine and a half rebounds per game, and a bulk of them are coming from the defensive glass. And it's cool to see when you've got the head coach, Felicia Legetjak, one of the better rebounders in program history, and she's saying stuff after the game like, I've never seen someone rebound like Dariana Lewis. So there's been some jokes about how she's after Coach Jack's rebound record, and she's hoping to get a gift at the end of that. But I think she mentioned at the start of the season that it'd be a Gucci bag at one point. I know <laughs> Coach Jack has kind of shut that one down, but she's definitely playing like, She's trying to get a spot in the WNBA next year just based on knowing her role and knowing that she is out there to rebound. And and she's got a good offensive game as well, but it's nice to have someone out there that is really going to give you a consistent rebound production night in and night out like she's doing. Tim, we have certainly seen the energy that Coach Jack brings. We've heard it here weekly. We talk to her every Tuesday on the show. And anybody that's encountered Felicia, like how do you not walk away from that like wanting to run about 20 laps because she just really energizes mm-hmm. you. And observing this team this year, is that just one of the kind of the secret sauce, just the consistent energy and positivity that she brings? And it sounds simple enough, right? Like she's just so positive and the energy is always there, but you know, that's hard to maintain. You know, she's a coach, and sometimes you get frustrated with your team or you're having a bad day or whatever the case may be, but it just feels like no matter what she is going to motivate you. Just tell me that just how simple that is to keep this team going day by day. Yeah, I, I can tell you that being around the team at a couple practices, like it is nonstop every day, the energy. And it sounds like a cliche to say that it's infectious and everything, but I do think that she's really building something culture-wise here that they haven't had to the degree that she's building in a while. And it might not be this year that they make the NCAA tournament. I know that's the goal, and you're sitting kind of on the outside of the bubble right now. You definitely need some signature wins in the latter part of the schedule here, which you've got some opportunities, and it feels like they're on the cusp of getting those ranked wins and getting that first signature win. But, yeah, I mean, there's been times, Brent, that, you know, I'm courtside calling the game, and she's kind of right in front of me. And, and like, even last night, the Asia Fair hits a three, and she's fist-pumping like she's in the courtside seats as a fan and ready to go high-five the Asia as she's jogging back. So, the animation on the sideline and just the competitiveness competitiveness that she brings. I mean, you know, after a loss, you can tell that it stings with her, and it's almost like in an, in an endearing way, the way that she's so competitive after losses and then she's so amped up after wins because 
she's really like one of the players out there. I mean, every layup that's on the backboard or something, she's kind of bending down, ready to fist pump and jump up and down, which is awesome to see. Timmy, you touched on it there. Let me follow up a little bit here. So uh, show me the path to the NCAA tournament for this team. What do they have to do? Well, right now they're 61st in the net ranking. So you'd figure you're, you're probably on the outside. At one point, maybe a couple of weeks ago, they did creep on to the next four out list on ESPN's bracketology there and the Charlie Cream bracketology. They're not necessarily a name team on the bracketology right now, but you look at what they've done so far. I mean, they've pretty much taken care of business against teams that they're supposed to. They're undefeated in quad three, quad four type of games. But you're one and six in quad one. You're 0 and three against ranked teams so far. And really, all of those matchups against ranked teams or quote unquote teams that are better than you have kind of followed a similar script where they've been in the game. They've probably exceeded expectations against teams like Notre Dame, NC State. They played them at home. They had leads in the third quarter and the fourth quarter against NC State. And then the game sort of slipped up. So. Kind of like the men's team right now, they just need some signature wins to sort of pad their resume, and they're going to have opportunities here. I mean, you got Louisville on Sunday. That's one of those teams that you were right there on the road, lost by nine on the road in a game where you probably felt like you could have played better than you did at the KFC Yum Center. Louisville's coming off a loss to a Wake Forest team, kind of an upset loss yesterday, so they'll definitely be hungry coming in on Sunday. But those are the type of games that you got to start winning and turning kind of the moral victories into wins in order to bolster their resume. Tim, before we let you go, I know you're uh, keeping an eye on all things Orange here as we switch over to the, the men's side of things. Just kind of what's your assessment right now, kind of what we just said about what kind of path the men's team has to carve to get itself on the bubble, get itself competitive here. I mean, it pretty much feels like the same formula. you got opportunities. you just got to start banking wins. Yeah, you know, I've been pretty encouraged by the men's team. It's unfortunate that a couple of these games haven't gone their way down the stretch here, and I know that's a lot of the criticism around the team recently at least, but it does feel like, you know, this team is on the outside of the bubble, and it's another one of those years where you're a little bit disappointed compared to what the expectations were going into the season. But it's a big if considering how much the sport is changing, but I do feel like, if you can keep this core together that they have, the Malik Browns, the Judah Mints, and I know Judah's probably thinking NBA because he's that type of talent, but I do feel much more optimistic than I have in recent seasons. Even though I'm watching this team and they're losing some close games, it's not stinging as much to me as it has been in recent seasons because it feels like this is a younger team that's sort of getting better each game, and there's some pieces here that if they stay together, you could kind of follow that formula that the Virginias, the Villanovas, UNC even, where you have a core of guys and a, and a big freshman class that stay together. Now, it's a big if, though, considering NIL and transfer portal and everything. And who knows who comes back and who leaves and who they add next offseason. That's going to be a revolving door, it feels like, every offseason now. But you know, they definitely need some signature wins. It might not be an NCAA tournament team this year, but I do feel like overall it's been a positive season or a more positive season than the record would indicate. Tim, great to catch up, my friend. Keep up the great work. We'll be listening here on ESPN Syracuse as you go down the stretch calling games, and hopefully the women's team can get themselves into position into the tournament one way or the other. Uh, we appreciate your time and your insight today, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, it was awesome, Brent. I'll get you my uh, Springsteen request yes. for next time I'm on. Please do. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of interested in what you're going to pick. You're going to go mainstream, or you're going to kind of go off-brand a little bit here. I'll, I'll, I'll await that pick when, uh, when you make it next. Yeah. Time.
I need some time to think about it. I'm gonna. I'll get back to you though. There's right. plenty of options for there sure. Sure are. Thank you, sir. Be good. That's Tim Leonard, folks. He is the play-by-play voice of Syracuse women's basketball right here on ESPN Syracuse. They are back at home Sunday against Louisville. Cool thing about that is that is a noon tip, so you can listen right here. You can go to the game, which would be great, and you're not going to miss any of the football because the kickoff is not till later in the afternoon for both the AFC and the NFC Championship games, so you can make a nice little Sunday out of it one way or the other. We'll break and come back, and in hot takes, we'll look at the legacy of a true titan, a true voice of a sport, Billy Packer. Passed away at the age of 82. Stereo.